Well, there are a lot of holidays this week. We're in the middle of the Muslim holy month of Ramadan. Passover begins at sunset on Friday and ends on sundown next Saturday. And today, Sikh communities around the world are celebrating Vaisakhi. This is also Easter weekend, of course, and with that comes Easter Sunday. And with Easter Sunday comes, as we were talking about with Tristan Hopper earlier, and as we've been talking about throughout the show, comes Easter chocolate. So what better way to head into this long weekend in this final half hour than to offer you some sweet talk, or at least talk about sweets to be exact. To help us do just that, I'm joined by chocolate sommelier, master chocolatier or chocolatier, and bean to uh, bean to bar maker, uh, Joseph Dominicello of Bean to Bar World in Vancouver. Thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you for having me, Ben. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really, thank you so much for coming on to talk about chocolate. It was what I was looking forward to this interview all <laughs> evening because um, it is something that's fun to talk about. You it were telling is. me, because when I first approached you, I'm like, this must be a really busy time of year. And you're like, it is, but it's not the busiest. No, Christmas. Um, any chocolatier, chocolate maker will tell you that their world revolves around Christmas time. Yeah. So, but uh, me, this did, would be the second biggest. Yeah. How does Easter come into it? Because you, there's a really interesting history of chocolate at Easter uh, on your company's website as well. When did this all begin? Well, Easter and eggs sort of uh, have a long history hundreds of years ago in Europe. Um, but chocolate as we know it, didn't exist until 1847. So previous to 1847, chocolate was a drink, just like coffee and tea. But in 1847, Fry and Sons invented the first eating chocolate, the chocolate bar, something that could be molded into shapes. And so because Easter and eggs was intertwined in Europe, you know, you have the Sicilian cookies, the kudura with the eggs in it. It was only natural for chocolate makers to start molding their chocolate into eggs around Christmas. And so we'll see in the mid to late 19th century is where chocolate makers start introducing Easter eggs. That must have been a great, that must have been great. I, I can't imagine yeah. life without chocolate that you could eat, but. Uh, Especially go. for the kids who they had their cookies with a hard boiled egg in there. I'm pretty sure for them, they preferred to have a chocolate egg than a hard boiled egg in their cookie. Yeah, I, I grew up right beside a Little Italy in Montreal and would always see those cookies and wonder, <laughs> wonder who, had thought the, who had thought those up because uh, chocolate was so much better. I, I Clearly, I mean, with what you do, um, you see a lot of what's developed over. I mean, chocolate, to me, it feels like it's changed dramatically in the last 15, 20 years. It's become so much more uh, varied. There's so much more out there. Uh, what are some of the things that are really uh, popular these days that, that people are asking for? Because I gather it's become, it's become great chocolate has become much in demand. It has. And it's been the last couple of decades, at least, that we see an explosion in what we call, what I call craft chocolate, bean-to-bar chocolate. It's sort of a small niche in the chocolate world. And that's what I focus on at Bean to Bar World, which is craft chocolate makers from around the world. And you might think that you've been to a lot of chocolate makers before, but you know, less than ninety, less than five or ten percent of the world's chocolate shops are actual chocolate makers. And so, what we have today, what I have on my website, is I focus on chocolate makers that make chocolate from scratch, from the raw cocoa bean, roast it, grind it, turn it into chocolate. Sort of the coffee roasters of the chocolate world. And so now you see this sort of uh, step up of chocolate quality um, that's being put out there. And so a lot of people now are introduced to fine chocolate. That's what I do at my, uh, on my website. I have tastings where I introduce people to chocolate 
that tastes like chocolate they've never tried before in their life. So we have chocolate, you know, made in Canada, Brazil, Peru, Australia, where the cacao comes from, so many different origins, different varieties of cacao. And it's all just plain dark chocolate, but it all tastes so different because of these nice varieties of cacao that most of us have never, ever tried in our lives. So it's, it's pretty eye-opening for a lot of people. Yeah, I was getting hungry just watching, looking at your website. And as I was saying throughout the show, I'm not fussy when it comes to chocolate. I'll eat just about anything. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and just some of the, so what are some of the things, because I noticed a lot of it is bean to bar, it's single sourced, which is another big, uh, seems to be a big, a big movement as well. What, where, wherein lies the, the, um, the, the attraction of the single source chocolate? Yeah. So most of the chocolate in the world, whether, you know, even if you went to the top chocolate shop in Paris, they're using, what we call bulk cacao. It's cacao that's, you know, very generic, very simple in flavor. Everybody likes it. But um, now we're getting cacao from different pockets of different countries. You know, you can have a single origin bar that gets cacao from Peru, or not just Peru, but a very specific region in Peru. And because these different regions in different countries grow different types of cacao, uh, they ferment them differently, the cacao beans themselves are going to taste different so that the chocolate made from that cacao is going to taste different. So you can have a 70% dark chocolate bar from, let's say, Kazama chocolate in Vancouver um, that's made with Peruvian cacao. And then you can have a 70% dark chocolate made from Maguire chocolate in Nova Scotia with Madagascar cacao, exact same ingredients, cocoa bean and sugar, but they're going to taste so different because of that variety of cacao. So you're going to have like fruity notes and nutty notes and all these different things in there. And all it is, is just cacao and sugar. And that's all that's in there. So it's, right. it's a very uh, different look at chocolate. It, it, so when people come to see you to do these tastings, um, they must, I mean, because I've been to wine tastings, I've been to coffee tastings. I don't think I've ever been to a chocolate tasting. No. It, it, it must be a really interesting experience for people to, to taste these different things. As the, what, is. what is the reaction normally for people who might have some experience, but not maybe not a lot with, with this kind of chocolate? Yeah, it's exactly that. A lot of people come from a background of been into a wine tasting, maybe an espresso tasting, something like that. They didn't know that chocolate can have that same array, if not more flavor. Um, and so a lot of them are so just kind of impressed by how different chocolate can taste. I have a lot of people who never liked dark chocolate before try this fine chocolate and say, wow, I've never tasted dark chocolate like this. This I can get on board with. So for me, that's sort of an achievement to get someone who doesn't like dark chocolate to all of a sudden love it because they were introduced to really good quality dark chocolate. Why would that be, Joseph? I think that's one of those things that's come up over the years. Like I know lots of people who say, I'll never eat white chocolate. I know, I know that's, that's a controversial one. Uh, but others <laughs> also who, who, will, who will not eat dark chocolate, who don't like dark chocolate because their first experiences with it, it was either very bitter compared to what they were used to. Um, why would that be? Why, why would, would some people's earlier experience with dark chocolate leave them with a bad taste in their mouth, so to speak? Well, honestly, Ben, I can give you my own experience growing up. Sure. I was given a lot of chocolate as a kid, those big Easter eggs, you know, those gigantic ones wrapped in the foil. And I right. hated dark chocolate. I really didn't like it. And it wasn't until my early 20s where I went to pastry school. I saw a job ad for a chocolate sommelier and I was introduced to fine chocolate that I was like, huh, I didn't know chocolate can taste like this. This is actually really good. So I'm someone who didn't grow up loving it, I actually didn't like it. And so that's why I think I'm so passionate about it, because I think there's probably a lot of people out there, maybe you, you as well, who have confirmed in their mind, I don't like chocolate, I don't like dark chocolate. But really, the truth is, you've you never actually had real chocolate, you have good chocolate, you know? 
Uh, Joseph, I, I'll, again, I'll eat anything. I like dark chocolate. I like white chocolate. I like milk chocolate. I'm, 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 not, I'm really not fussy. It's all delicious. Um, and it's funny because it, it's 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 a bit like a, it's a bit like anything. There are times where you crave something really really exotic, and there are times where you crave something like a burger, yeah. right? Like a uh, yeah. like a chocolate bar from the store, um, from the corner store. I mean, and that's what, what I what tell some, people. I, yeah. I, I don't like to you know, make people feel guilty for having a Snickers bar or a Kit Kat or a Lint bar. Basically, people of how chocolate can taste that they're not used to, you know? So you can, you know, I'm sure you, you can go to a five-star restaurant, appreciate that meal. And you can also eat a fast food burger and appreciate it for what it is, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good to look at it that way. I, I've been noticing there's lots of other, I mean, certainly people are trying to adapt chocolate to to their own needs or their own likes at this point. So we're seeing uh, less sugar. We're seeing vegan. Uh, what are some of those? What are some of those trends that you're seeing in terms of the demand for people to who still want to eat chocolate but have uh, dietary uh, preferences? Yeah, definitely the sugar is a big one. People associate chocolate with sugar, and the truth is, most of the research because there is a lot of research out there for many many years that looks at the benefits of consuming moderate amounts of of chocolate, especially dark chocolate. Most of that was focused on chocolate that was 65%, 60% dark chocolate, which has quite a bit of sugar in it. Most of the fine chocolate you'll find is usually in the 70%, 75 sort of range. So not a lot of sugar. Um, so a lot of people are looking for less sugar in their chocolate. And to be honest, fine chocolate shouldn't have a lot of sugar. You know, it's just enough just to bring out those nice flavors. But also vegan and plant-based is also very important. And so you're seeing really surge of a plant-based, let's say milk chocolate. So instead of milk powder, some chocolate makers are incorporating oats. Think of like an oat milk or almonds, like an almond milk. So uh, coconut, like a coconut milk. And so they have these delicious milk chocolates that are plant-based um, that appeal to a lot of people. And, and even white chocolate, there's like vegan white chocolate now made with oats and, and other things like that. So we're seeing a lot more of that. But when it comes to fine chocolate, it's all about very, very simple, simple ingredients, two, three, four, and that's it usually. I'm speaking with Joseph Dominichello, who's uh, with Bean to Bar World in Vancouver. He's a ch chocolate sommelier. You can guess what that is, a master chocolatier, <laughs> chocolatier, and a Bean to Bar maker as well. After this, we'll talk a bit more about uh, what's what's online for Easter this year uh, at uh, Bean to Bar, as well as uh, maybe go back in time to uh, Joseph's childhood back in the Toronto area and ask him what, uh, what chocolate treat he liked the most around Easter uh, and where you could find it today. We'll be back with that. We're talking chocolate with Joseph Dominichello tonight of Bean to Bar World in Vancouver. We've heard lots of interesting things about the origins of Easter chocolates, at least eggs. It hasn't been that long, actually, just about 140 yeah. years or so since we've been yeah. eating chocolate, which I always forget, of course, because <laughs> you know that just from, from books, basically, uh, from back when, where they were drinking instead. Um, yeah. We're heading into, we talked a bit about vegan chocolate, sort of chocolate with less sugar in it as we're coming out. Is is there any, what else is happening? Are you seeing any other things that people are asking for more and more, anything that might be surprising in the, in the world of chocolate? Um, well, a lot of people, they don't even realize that, for instance, when it comes to vegan, like dark chocolate is naturally vegan. A lot of people don't even know that cocoa butter which is the fat pressed from cacao beans is vegan. So right. a lot of people are surprised by that. As far as other trends, obviously a lot of people are concerned more about um, social issues and uh, sort of fair trade, transparently trade. And you'll notice if you go to my website that 
none of the bars I sell, even though that these are like top of the world, world renowned brands are fair trade certified. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. But the truth is they're even better than fair trade. A lot of them are transparently traded. Some of them are direct traded where they buy directly from the co-op or the farmers. Right. And the reason why they're not certified is a lot of the red tape and the cost for the chocolate maker and the farmers to be certified. So in the craft chocolate world, a lot of people you know, look for that sort of thing. They want to know that this chocolate is you know, sustainable and, and social, uh, socially aware about the, the farmers. And it is, it really is. But if you look just for that certification, you're going to miss out on a lot of really good chocolate. Yeah, it's always tough when it comes to certification to understand exactly what's being certified by whom, how, how does it work? Is it a fair certification to the grower themselves? Uh, so what advice do you have when it comes to trying, if you want to make sure that what you're buying is ethical, uh, what advice do you have to people who who hope to do that when it comes to label reading, for instance? Well, hopefully, I mean, some of the, um, some of the bean to bar craft chocolate makers will put on their wrapper that it is sustainably or, or fair trade um, sourced cacao, but not all of them do. So I would say, you know, m- pretty much all, I can't say 100%, but 99% of the craft fine chocolate makers in the world that you can find on my app, Bean to Bar Map, um, are pretty much using all fair trade cacao. So I would say start there. And if you find a maker you like, you can go to their website and they usually have more information about where exactly they're getting the cacao. They can tell you not only the country, but the co-op, sometimes the farmers, the specific farm. So I would say, you know, look for some fine chocolate, pick the one that you like, and then do a bit of research on it and see just to confirm for yourself. Um, Because you can go to Whole Foods, Urban Fair, get a fair trade certified bar, but it's just mediocre cacao, bulk cacao. It's nothing special. Right. What do you have planned for Easter? Do you have anything special lined up? Have you had anything special? I suppose it's already getting towards there. Have you had anything special lined up? It's pretty up much already? almost there. Yeah. Um, not so much. I've been to Bar World. We're so much about uh, holidays and, and those sorts of things. We keep it. We're very simple, simplistic. Yeah. So it always just comes down to the basics of chocolate. And we just, usually we see a surge in that sort of sorts of holiday. Just a lot of people excited for chocolate. And then I introduce them to the fine chocolate. So a lot of tastings happening. I know you're from the Toronto area, so I was going to take you back a while and just, I was going to ask you the inevitable question about uh, growing up. What was your favorite? What was your favorite Easter candy? I was saying earlier, we asked everyone or we're trying to ask everyone. Everyone had different answers. I guess I'm from Montreal. So I, I, Laura Secord Easter cream eggs were, <laughs> were my favorite. Those are the ones where I always got every year. So I guess, and I wasn't allowed to eat chocolate as a kid. So only oh, really? at Easter. No, my mm. parents were pretty strict at that stuff. So I didn't get, I never had the big egg wrapped in foil <laughs> like you did, unfortunately. I used to look at them with envy at the store. You know, you <laughs> I would have gave you mine. I didn't like it. Very yeah. They, what was your favorite back then? <laughs> well, I grew up not specifically in Toronto, but just north of Toronto in Woodbridge, right. which Woodbridge, is predominantly right. all Italians. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Italians are big on the Kinders. The Kinder surprise was a big right, thing, of obviously. Course. Um, so we used to love the kinder eggs and not just for the toys, but just cause it was so sweet. It's got a layer of milk and white chocolate. Right. And I tried it years ago again, just to bring some, um, you know, some memories back and I was pretty disappointed. I was like, what am I eating? Yeah, <laughs> it's I was not the say, same. What, once you've had the fine stuff for a long time, like once you've yeah. developed the palate, so to speak, can you go back? Can you, there's only Snickers so bar? far you can go back. Yeah, there's only so far. There's some things yeah. you can and some things like I can't, you know. So for you, 
you say you'll eat everything, but I don't know if you'd you tried some really good fine chocolate, you might not be able to. Be surprised. There's some, I, I'm exaggerating. There's some things that I eat as a, <laughs> as a younger man that I can't eat anymore. Uh, so you so you would still have trouble like getting through a Snickers bar these days, would you? Well, I mean, I don't even consider that chocolate. That's like a candy right. bar, I would say. It is a candy you know, bar. There's, there's really no cocoa bean in it. Um, for <laughs> me, growing up, Coffee Crisp was my thing. Um, oh, those are good though. Those are good. Those I like. I have to say. Yeah, those are good. So like if someone had a bowl in their house, and they're yeah. like here, and I'm not going to be rude. I will have one, but uh, yeah. I try not to. Yeah, that was my 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 wife who is from uh, is from Southern China. She was first trying out English, like different Canadian chocolates, and the one that she uh, actually liked was the coffee crisps. That, crisp, <laughs> that was the one that she probably because um, there's not a lot of chocolate in it. <laughs> there's probably not a lot. Of, exactly, it's mostly wafer, isn't it? Joseph DeMichello, thank you so much for your time tonight, for your insight you, on ben. this, and uh, and yeah, where where can people find you if they want to find you for uh, yeah all for the some, information some for the events and all the information is at beantobarworld.com. So beatsbarworld.com is all the information. Well, have a fantastic uh, long weekend. And thanks so much for uh, for speaking with us tonight on this, uh, Thank you on so this much. Thursday night into the long weekend. I appreciate it. You too. It. Happy Easter. Take care. You too.